What it do, golf fans? Welcome back to the Turn Dollars Golf Podcast. This is Liam. Alongside me is Jack. We had a we had a great week in golf. Um, Patrick Cantlay just seems to really like the Tour Championship. Listen, listen, listen. Shut up. I'm cutting you off right here. Okay. I have one thing to say about Patrick Cantlay. If he played like this during major tournaments, he could go down as a top five player of all time, starting it off with a hot take. Absolutely. I was looking at it. He only missed a few cuts all year. I mean, and one of them was the Players' Championship, which I predicted he would miss the cut, and I got grilled by it. I remember it to this day. You have to. But outside of majors, and even then, I think in the U.S. Open, he was he was at least top 15. So. He was better. He was coming around. That was the one week where we're all like, hold on. Yeah, where, where I think you and I were hesitant to take him, and then he came through. But outside of majors, he is consistently – up there in the rankings. So I'd love to, I kind of love to see that now that, you know, the tour championship came around that he can really swing through. I'm a little worried on how next year is going to work for him because with all the changes they're making, by the way, in case nobody who's listening is paying attention, they are making changes to the playoff schedule next year. Um, they're going to go from 125 to 70. So assuming Patrick Cantley can kind of adapt to those changes, I'm excited to see what he's going to do with it. Yeah. I also want to mention Scott Stallings. He played great all weekend. I mean, that was a that was a really fun time to be a Scott Stallings fan. Um, of course, I picked him at at St. Jude, and I didn't pick him here at BMW. You know, it's just, just kind of the way it goes. Hey, I only pick him at first round leader, and he always seems to let me down. Then the well, next but, week, shoot sixty three at first round or something. Well, and the best part about him being first round leader is those weeks are he goes like five under, but then somebody else goes seven. Yeah. So he's always up there, but he's never like fully in it. But he's he been playing great in. recently. So, all right, Jack, what, what do you got? You got any big, big nuggets of uh, information? Or you want to go right into your lineups? Listen, let's just talk about last week really quick. Um, well, first of all, I've never seen Cantlay or any player in a singular round play more solid. And obviously there's rounds where people have shot 59, but if you're talking about T to green consistency, that was literally one of the most perfect rounds I've ever seen. I know that the casual golf fans can be like, what the heck are you talking about? But as a, and I, I know this is super douchey of me, but as probably in the top 1% of golfers of all time, I recognize that that was a perfect round of golf. It was awesome. I loved it, but Yeah. It, it was great, but it – okay, as, as somebody that watches golf but probably isn't on the same level as Jack, I don't, I don't know what about this week was just not as – I didn't have that same spark I did. Is that like, oh, you know, are you kidding? At the Open Championship, comparatively speaking, like I, it, this week was a different spark. I felt like I knew it was coming. Oh. And maybe that was part of the issue was that this week with Patrick Cantlay, That's on you. I kind of saw the writing on the wall. I was like, I think Cantlay is going to sneak this out. And so maybe more than anything, it was just my doing, but for whatever reason, I, I just couldn't get the same flair that I felt that a lot of the other events of the year. And I think it's just because I knew what was coming. Like the more exciting part for me was to see all the guys that snuck up on Sunday and then fell off on Sunday. Like yeah. John Rahm was like last place after the first day. And Tony Finau. Tony Finau was the last place today on the first day. You know, John Rahm was T8. Tony Finau was T28. Yeah. Let me let me just go into it really quick. We're going to go over everything. Let me go over these bets really quick because this pissed me off. So 
I, I break down, I write down, I go through the list. I write down like 15 bets and I break it down into five because I've realized that I bet way too much. Um, I went two for five. So two and three on my bets. If we take a look and I sent Liam uh, after I looked through my notes. So I bet can't lay top 10 Good or bet. I didn't bet. Uh, I wrote, let me down last week. Want to see one more week. Of course, hits Xander Shoffley, great iron player, consistent hit Scotty Scheffler top 10 i go what happened to him adam scott top 20 i have bezwedenhout top 20 super good odds joaquin neiman do for a solid week those all hit and i go two for three on bets whatever you just picked the wrong ones it, it happened yeah, you think? yeah so uh it was a it was a great week though to watch i I, again, I, I just felt like I knew Cantley was going to win it in the end. And unfortunately for me, I think that brought it down. Um, lots of great plays this week. You and I talked about a few of the younger or the, a few of the younger, I say younger, not really younger, but lower owned guys like Aaron Wise and Corey Connors mm-hmm. and guys like that who were high up on the boards on Sundays and, and yeah. splashy. And I, I love that personally. I think partially because I picked them last week. You know, so I was a little <laughs> biased, but like seeing guys that are less known also fighting in those, in those fields are great. But again, last week we knew the BMW always has a, a classic field where a great golfer is going to win it, who comes in with solid form and yeah. can't lay completely fits that mold. It just makes sense. Absolutely. And then um, if you followed my daily fantasy sports picks, you did fantastic. You won money. Life is good. Um, I will say in FanDuel, after round two, I was in first in the lineups that I was in, which was awesome. So we did fall off the last two, but at one point we were in first. So, so as funny as it sounds, after the at the second midway through Friday, I looked at my FanDuel lineups on DFS. I was in dead last out of everybody in the field, which is impressive. There was like thirty eight to thirty nine hundred entries into this one that I was in, and I was. 38 or 3900 i was dead last uh newsflash i won money in double loves and single entry uh yeah nice uh, other ones so i i did not end up in dead last but the fact that that i think it was because you had ram and fino and those guys as well in, the, in those lineups right or did you not have any of those guys in in Dude, my yeah so my lineup last week um, in FanDuel, because that was really good. Um, and then I had Cam Davis, 35th, Sung J 15th, Sahith 15th, Cam Young, 23rd, which F you, Cam Young. You're going to you're gonna bogey the 18th hole to lose my top 20 pick? You skank. Um, and <laughs> uh, Justin Thomas, oh, whatever. And then Sam Burns, 19th. So, I mean, five guys out of your – or. Five guys of the six, top 35. That's pretty good. Justin Thomas should have done better than that, but still got me 53 points. So there you go. All right. Well, let me let me run through mine real fast. And DK, I barely snuck out the money. I don't know what lineups I was in in DK, but like I scored 490 points and I barely won money. So I don't know if I was in the most God tier tournaments of all time. Yeah, because I was in 405 and won money. Yeah, you were in four or five. I was at 490 and like had to sneak money out. 
Uh, I had John Rahm at T8, Tony Finau at T28, Sungjae M at T15. I had Cam Davis at T35. Was that after the first day he was in like fifth place, right? Wasn't he yeah, right up there? He was good through midway on Friday, and they just, much like Rory did at the Open, he just played not to lose instead of played to win. Yeah, so he finished T35. I had Alex Norin at T52. That one kind of hurt. He was just not what I was hoping for. And then Taylor Moore was T44. So DraftKings, I snuck it out. Nothing too crazy, nothing too high, nothing too low. Uh, I'll go through FanDuel, I guess, real quick. I'm just on it. Uh, John Rahm, again, T8. Tony Finau, T28. Cam Young, T23. Corey Connors, T5. Aaron Wise, T15. Beautiful pick. Keith Mitchell, T32. But Good again, pick. Keith Mitchell was like 8,500. So that's Jack's boy. He, you know, he's pumping his fist in the background all about Keith Mitchell. So I picked him and he didn't shit the bed for one time. I think it's the first time this week that you picked him and I didn't, that he didn't, but yeah. So, um, going back, Sung JM top 20, we both had him. That was a hit. Fantastic. We squad rode that Tony Fino after the first day, I didn't know what happened, but he came back, didn't finish top 10. What are you gonna do? Sam Burns, top 20. Love it. Hit. Cam Young, like we talked about, bogeyed the freaking 72nd hole just in time. I don't know what happened to that guy. So two and three end bets. Um, wild card, Justin Thomas winning. Obviously, that didn't hit. Um, but we did hit uh, Rory Rom, Willie Z, or Cantley winning at plus 300. I personally bet a full unit on that because much like you said earlier, BMW Championship, 99% of the time, it's been like a top five player in the world. So all confidence in the world on that one. There you go. And then winners we're not getting into. Especially mine, because that's well, all right. All right. Well, let, let me let me run through it all. So I so Jack went two and three on bets. I went two four three on bets. Um, as Jack said, we both had Sung JM top twenty. That was pretty free. That one felt pretty solid on all accounts. Um, I had Cam Davis top twenty. That felt really good the first couple of days, uh, but that was a loss. And then I had John Rom top ten. Talk about a backdoor top ten for the win. That was a great one. John Rom, are you kidding me? That was not. That was not highly anticipated. He was plus one forty, so. Yeah, I know. I was just, I was just laughing at the analogy you used. Oh, child. I'm six. Yeah, of course. Um, I'm gonna go through winners. I don't care if Jake doesn't want to. He had JT with the parentheses on John Rom, so he was T fifty two and T eight. I would like to notice I was very strong on John Rom as well. I had him in both lineups, so T eight solid. Uh, but he kind of helped me out because I ended up taking Sung JM with parentheses on Corey Connors. I would not have probably taken Corey otherwise. So I had T15 and T5. Pretty solid uh, winner's picks there. Again, no winners itself, but two guys in the top 15. Kind of hard to go yeah. wrong. Um, Jack said he had big guns, a.k.a. Rory, Rom, Willie Z, and Cantley winning. That was plus 300. So that was a nice win. Uh, you did have JT winning as well, a plus 1,400. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't win them all. No. Um, I had Cam Young top 10, plus 250, and Keith Mitchell top 10 at plus 500. I felt great just kind of, you know, shooting from the hip, trying to see what I could do. Didn't work. Um, just some notes, a couple guys to look into. Here are some guys that made it into the championships this week because of their play at the BMW last week. Uh, Adam Scott is the first one that comes to mind. K.H. Lee, who also played really well. We didn't even talk about him. Not a TPC course, but did great. Um, by the way, prior to Sunday, he hadn't had a round under par on a Sunday 
since his win at the AT&T in May, which is wild. He won the AT&T? I thought Tom Hoagie won the AT&T. AT&T Byron Nelson? Oh, Byron Nelson. Sorry. sorry I always sorry, think yeah, I always yeah. associate AT&T with Pebble. No, uh, Byron Nelson. That's the one in Texas, right? I'm not sure. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. The one in Texas in May. Um, so that was the last time that, that he was under par on a Sunday. And then the final guy that snuck in this week, Aaron Wise. Good for yeah. him. I love seeing that. He was, uh, And by the way, he was only like 100 points in front of Lowry and McCarthy, I think. So it is kind he, of surprising to me to see Lowry not in it this week. I'm going to be honest. He didn't play that. Oops, sorry. He didn't play that many events, all things considered. Yeah, you're not wrong. So, all right. And then, and then one or two other things to go over. So we have the best strokes gain numbers from last week. I found that. And for approach, the best guy in the field last week was Scott Stallings. Tita Green last week, it was Roy McElroy. And putting, Jack, who's the best putter on tour in your eyes? Can't lie. Well, it was, it was actually Christian Bezweden who last oh. week. But, but can't lie was also up there. Um, one last thing I feel like we should probably mention before we get into the field this week. Uh, do you want to talk about Tiger showing up at the BMW and having that, that kind of players only meeting? That got blown out of proportion. I'm the biggest Tiger fan in the world, at least top 1%. That got blown out of proportion. It wasn't him trying to discourage anybody. It was trying to change the landscape of the next stage of the tour going forward. So I think that whole thing got blown out of proportion just because it's Tiger. That's my thought. I agree. I also thought it was interesting because people were saying like, whoa, like player, like I'm calling it a players only meeting. I don't know if that's the official wording on it, but players only meetings are common in every other sport. I mean, a couple times a year, you have basketball teams doing players only meetings. There, I mean, there's literally an association called the MLB players Association. It, it's yeah. It's, it's super if it common. wasn't tiger, it wouldn't be blown out of proportion. The one thing that I, the only thing that I thought was actually intriguing in that was Ricky Fowler being in the car with him off the jet. Cause he's linked to live. That's the only thing that I was thought was interesting. Everything else was blown out of proportion because it's Tiger. I agree. That was a that was a that was an interesting one. Yeah. And then one last thing before well, we get. Into- I have one thing. If we're talking oh, Tiger, go, go for it. What do we got? PGA Tour 2K23 is coming, baby. Yes, yes, it Let's is. Let's go. Tour 2K23 is coming. Listen, out. listen. Jack and I are getting it. Yeah. Oh, I'm. Hey, hey, hey. You think you think this kid's not getting it? I'm getting it. Um, go ahead, follow us on social. You're gonna see a bunch of stuff like that. Hit us up because I'm down to play. Listen, man. So here's the challenge, Jack. How are you going to find time for PGA 2K23 between COD, Modern Warfare 2, mm-hmm. you know, all the other video games coming out of this? You got a lot of games you're going to have to sneak in and you okay. still got, you know, work yeah. for a living. Two seconds, two seconds, because this is a golf podcast. I'm reliving my childhood with Call of Duty. I'm sure I'll get bored with it within a week. Uh, reliving childhood is going to be great. Uh, yeah, nine to five isn't nine to five in my world. You know, I work a lot longer than that, which sucks. But listen. If Tiger Woods is in a video game, you know Jack's on it. Um, I think Jordan's but, in it too. By the way, I heard that rumor. Really. You got to spend 120 bucks to get him or something. Like that. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, stupid. Yeah, I'm only gonna. I'm 60 bucks is still crazy. Don't get me wrong. But anyway, let's get back into what your last talking point was. One, one, uh, one big thing. We can hold on to this for later if you want. Do you want me to break down the stats leaders of the 2021-2022 season? There's like 10 or 15 different metrics I have. I haven't broken all down to see who's the who's the leader in each. Do you want that or do you want to save it for another week? Yeah, whatever you want. If you want to talk about, because it might change next week. So I don't know if you want to save it. Um, just do a little season recap. This is prior to the start of the, the championship uh, swing. So that's why. We can hold on to it if you want, but it's just, we'll, we'll save it. We'll save it for yeah, another let's week. Let's do a season recap up. 
Perfect. All right, we'll go to that one. So we can talk our player of the year, rookie of the year, stuff like that. All right, let's get into this week. This week, we are headed to East Lake to do the Tour Championship. This is a par 70, totaling 7,310 yards. Last year's winner was Patrick Cantlay. This is oh. where he shipped it. So if he wins back-to-back this year, then he's going to have a really good record in terms of his last two years on the, uh, on the, on the Tour Championships. I have a breakdown of some of the individuals. I'm going to hold on to that. But one of the important things to notice is that this week, based on the fact that there's only a 30-man field, there's a statistical stagger within the field. So Scotty Scheffler is going to be at top at minus 10. You're going to have Patrick Cantlay at minus 8. You're going to have Willie Z at minus 6. And then it's all going to kind of funnel down from that based on FedEx points. So the lowest guys are included, I think, Aaron Wise, K.H. Lee. Scott. Uh, Scott. Adam I Scott, think Scott. And Tom Hoagie. I yeah, think I think those are all even. At even par. I think those are all the guys. But nobody's starting above par. Um, the challenge is you start 10 shots back. Again, that's just it, – it's a handicap. It makes things harder. Um, so in my mind, there are probably only – I'm going to say six guys in my head that I can really think of that have a chance to shoot. I disagree with that. And because it's a four day tournament and I do think a hundred percent agree with what you're saying there. I think the top 10 guys, if you're starting at four under or better have a significantly higher advantage than anybody who's starting three under or better. Um, But that's not to say, I mean, take a look at the guys that are three under Scott Stallings, Justin Thomas, Cameron Young, Matt Fitzpatrick. Nope. Not no shot. No shot. No well, shot. Listen, those guys are some of the best golfers in the world. And it's that's, not to say great. you know what Patrick, they gotta beat though? They gotta beat the best golfers in the world who are sure. above them. <laughs> but say each guy goes, you know, all you have to do is seven shots, take a three hundred, and you divide it by four rounds. It's a shot and a half around. I mean, they have to do better than that. I think they know it. Again, I'm saying that more likely than not, it will be top five and Sam Burns and up. 100% agree on that, but I'm not discrediting anybody that's three under or better. Two under and below, I'm pretty much out on. But. Yeah, all right, that's fair then. Yes, there's got to be a hard cutoff. My cutoff, I think, is going to be a little higher than Jack's, um, but there, there's there's got to be a cutoff at a certain point, and so I think that you just have to think in your mind where that cutoff will be, um, and that is going to be kind of the big question. So, all right. Um I mean, that's really all I have on this. East Lake is East Lake. You're going to have a couple of guys with course history, but I'll run through that when we get into those guys. Yeah. Um, one thing I will say this week, please remember when you're doing your daily fantasy sports lineups, the um, starting strokes will be implemented in points. So for example, Scotty Scheffler will start with bonus points because he's in first. Yep. So when you're making your lineups um, and your bets, an example, some bets are with strokes, some bets are without strokes. Bets were extremely difficult this week, so bear with us. But mm-hmm. please remember, um, so that way, you know, when you're starting off in your round, some guy's 80 points ahead of you, just remember that points are fluctuating based on their standings as of now. Definitely. All right, well, let's start running down the DraftKings lineup. Um, how do you want to do this? Do you just want to kind of go 10K and up and group all of them together? Because there's yeah. only, what, se- seven of them? Yeah, and so it's Cam Smith, 10-4 to Scotty Scheffler at 13,600. 
And and that is where those bonus points I feel like are really coming through. I mean, starting at thirteen six is uh, that's yeah. that's a that's a fat chunk. That's what probably a fourth of your total salary almost. Yeah, and what I will say on that, there's a reason that these guys are up there, and by that I mean the worst that he's probably going to finish is top seven, yes. because right now in fifth place, Sam Burns is five shots back. So he has to make up ground to get that. That's why these guys are so expensive because you're getting those first place points automatically. Do I think it's worth the jump? I don't know. <laughs> I, I think there's, there's room in here for value. You just have to find the right value um, that works best for you. So is there a guy that sticks out in your mind? Because if not, I have... Roy McElroy. All right, yeah, I was going to say, I was like, I have backs on guys that I like, and I think Rory McIlroy is, is an obvious choice. Yeah. He talks about how much he loves East Lake. I do so. think that you have to have one of Scheffler, Cantlay, or Shoffley in your lineup. Those are the top three guys in the pool right now. Um, actually, I think Zalatoris is technically – no, he's – yeah, he's three. So he's three. whatever the case may be, but I think you have to have one of those three guys because they are the hottest going into this week. Cantlay off a win. Scheffler has a two-shot lead. You know, Shoffley's coming off a tremendous week. One of those guys has to be in your lineup. But I think Roy McIlroy, I, I mean, this is basically, if you look at it, this guy is unbelievable here. It's stupid. It's so fun to watch. Yeah, so Xander Shoffley has uh, finished top eight here in all five of his trips to Eastlake. So he is consistently on the top of the charts in this, in this field. Now, again, you got to think of how many of that is only with 30 people in the field. So you kind of have to take that into account. Whereas if it's a normal event with all, with 150 or 130 players, it's more like, Oh yeah, he's in the top 30 every time or top 40. Um, but still that's really good comparatively to the rest of the field. So that's a great number to go for. Um, I have some personal information on John Rama that I like to think about. I think John Rahm is too far back. I oh. mean, he, I, I, I think he's going to play well because he's hot, but it, it is going to be impossible to reach this value within John Rahm. He has to gain 17 plus strokes compared to the rest of the field to get back into it. There are only four times ever in the last like three years where somebody has gained 17 strokes compared to the rest of the field. It's, it's not easy. And considering he's the fifth most expensive golfer is wild because you have guys like Rory and Cam underneath him that are already starting off with a better stroke advantage. But you don't necessarily need to pick a guy to win. You need to pick a guy at value. So I agree with what you're saying in Sam Burns, which will get to under 10K. Um, but with that being said, John Rahm at 10-9 comparatively, he might get a top five finish and make all of his value. But if he doesn't get top five, that he loses all of his value, like you're saying. If he gets top five, he is just worth the 10-9 that you're putting into him. But that is his ceiling, and his floor is that he falls apart and struggles uh, struggles like crazy. So I think if you get John Rahm at 10-9, you are praying that he hits top five, and that is his ceiling. And if he doesn't hit it, then you're automatically disappointed. Yeah, because especially, like, and I'm sure we'll get down – Cam Smith is the well, first off, I think Will Zalatoris is completely overpriced here, even with the FedEx points. So I won't get into him too much. I think, especially with his back injury. Okay. Yeah, it's scary. But Cam Smith hasn't played. He I mean, he won the open, 
13th in the St. Jude, and then randomly pulled out last week without really much of an example. I know it was hip discomfort. I don't know what, like Hideki, he said he had a wrist, then he came out and played next week and finished like 150th. So I don't know. I just don't know enough to bet him, but McElroy and then one of the top three guys in there should be in your lineup. I, I think that Zalatoris and Cam Smith are both guys that have a chance to win, but are the most volatile players in the field. Mm. So if you, if you have the cojones to sit there and throw one of them into your lineups, you are finishing first or last. Yeah. Um, because if they play well, I do not think they're going to be very highly owned just based no. on the fact that there is injury history and this, and, and everybody and Cam Smith again has really good, uh, driving distance but his accuracy is a little bad so i think that'll scare some people and of course like east lake but i wouldn't be too concerned about it because he's one on courses where you got to be tight off the fairways as well um again they are going to be very volatile i actually don't hate willie z as long as his back is not completely jacked up because he is third so i think he's actually got a very viable chance to win if he's not completely broken i'm hoping it was just a tweak yeah, I mean that's really what it is. Will Zalatoris is a true is a true boom bust for me, and I don't know if I have the balls to do it or not. But he did just win what two weeks ago now, so yeah, or eight days ago. So I he he might be worth the uh, the sneak into the lineup. Yeah, um, and then the last thing I'll say is with Shoffley, or excuse me, with Scheffler, third last week, but prior to that he had seventieth in the St. Jude. Yep. Hit he's the only guy in this field that I think has a lot to lose versus a lot to gain. So with that being said, again, he's worth starting at first with the, you know, a couple of shot lead, but it's just about what Scotty Scheffler shows off. But I think the real value is in the nine and the eight K range, which I also think we can group together just for time's sake. Okay. That's fine. Um, so wait, who, who are your top guys in this top range though, before we move down? I think if I had to limit it to two, um, it's Cantlay and Roy McIlroy. I think Cantlay, this is, these are his weeks, and I think Roy McIlroy is the best at East Lake, especially for the value. So those are the two guys of mine. Um, all right, well, I'm doing I'm doing Xander and, and McIlroy, so that's fine then. Um, but we both like McIlroy. That's good to know. Yeah. All right, those are those are our top guys. Let's get down to the nine K range. Um, we you want nine and eight K. Yeah, there's only a couple guys in eight, so we might as well group right. them together. So we got uh, Corey Connors at the bottom at 8K all the way up to Sam Burns at 9,900. So Yeah, I think first off, Sam Burns is probably the best value pick in all of this tournament. He's in fifth place for 9,900, where you got John Rahm, who is two shots behind him. Um, I think this guy, he is Mr. Consistent. Um, outside of the Travelers Championship and the Scottish Open, his worst finish since like May was like 40th. Um, if that so he's just Mr. Consistent, true value. Um, Sung JM is another one of those guys I like, but there's so many guys like Corey Connors after last week, you can't put anything past him. So this is a huge group, but those are the three guys I'm targeting. Um, yeah, Sam, again, you said it yourself, and I actually kind of want to use this against you. Sorry. Sam Burns is the model of consistency. Uh, which is fine, but but T ten doesn't you know doesn't give me that itch. It doesn't give me that feeling where you could pick a guy like Fina or Sungjae or 
Neiman or Fitzpatrick or whoever, and they have a lot more, I guess I, I want to call it win equity. I know that's not, doesn't sound right. Cause Sam Burns is, is kind of safe, but I know that he also just went, but he, you, you said yourself, he's consistent. Yeah. I don't so want consistency. I want win equity. In the the thing that I think about that is with the win equity, he might not win. I don't think he'll win this week. No. With that being said though, he's starting five shots behind the leader and five shots ahead of, or we'll call, you know, one, two, three, four, five shots ahead of the other 25 players in this field. So if he does his average 20th place or whatever you call it, that's like fourth or fifth. So he's getting those additional points in there that I think makes him the value pick. Cause you know, if he's fifth place, he gets an additional 20 points or whatever the case may be. Yeah. That's why he's a value pick in my mind. I'm going to be honest. I like Sung Jay over Sam Burns this week, personally. Um, I think Sung Jay is doing great off the tee right now, and he's coming in hot. I mean, he had those two T2s, and it's not like he's been slow. Well, he's actually got – yeah, he's got two T2s, a 12th, and a T15. All of that is extremely good form coming in. His driver's on point, and his, wet, and his iron play is just as yeah. good. So he's solid. I mean, Tony Finau just had back-to-back wins in the last month, so I think he's got good value. Uh, Justin Thomas scares the absolute crap out of me. This dude switches putters more than frat bros switch girlfriends. Um, so that's inconsistent as all hell. I don't like that. And honestly, his approach game hasn't even been that good. He's been middle of the road and average in the tour in the last month and a half. So Justin Thomas is somebody I am, I'm, I'm going to leave behind and let somebody else figure out with. And I know that 9,400 price is probably tempting, but just know that this is not the same Justin Thomas that's been on top of lineups. I don't know. He had top. one bad week. Um, you take away him in Scotland. I mean, his 52nd. Yeah, I agree. That was awful. But 13th, um, then 37th in the Open, U.S. Open, third in the RBC. This is Justin Thomas. I mean, he could have four days in a row where he could turn out and end up winning this tournament. We all know it can happen, but I agree what you're saying. Yeah. He yeah. is – He's a scary one this week. The the issue is the inconsistency again. I mean, he, he you just don't want to ha- sit there with, you know, holding the bag when all of a sudden it falls apart on him again. Yeah. I'm Jay or up to Finau just because I think they're more on, on par right now for their gameplay. Yeah. And then I think the, one of the quietest people outside of Corey Connors is Joaquin Neiman. Neiman yep. His last two finishes are um, eight and 13th. He's coming in hot this week. So I think his value is actually really, really good. Unfortunately, he's starting, I think, like six shots back, eight shots back, excuse me. But I think he's playing tremendous golf. I'm going to throw out one more name. Uh, Corey Connors hasn't lost strokes off the tee since the Arnold Palmer Invitational in 2021. Um, that is outside the Scottish Open this year, uh, in which he lost point or yeah, he lost 0.03 strokes off the tee at the Scottish Open. So it, it was not, you know, he didn't lose 30 strokes off the tee yeah. at the Scottish Open. He barely did. Um, so he has been on fire recently. He's been playing really well. And I think he's somebody great to have in the middle of the lineups. If you want like a fourth or a fifth guy to really throw in there and make things fun. I think Corey Connors is a great choice. Done. I respect it. I'm not going to fight you on that one. Is Matsuyama healthy yet? Do we know what's going on with him? Who knows? That guy's a roller coaster. I mean, he finished 35th. It was not impressive whatsoever. I have no stock cut, in him. 68th cut, and then four. God. Yeah, that's like JT all over again. I'll pass. All right. So I think we should just jump right into, I call it the 7K and below. 
just because at the end of the day, you're going to have one of the two of these guys in your lineup. Um, so Colin Morikawa at 7-9, all the way down to Tom Hoagie at 5,000. Um, I do have some opinions on this. Um, so if you want to jump into it, I'm more than happy to let you go first. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to list a couple guys off the top that I am a, I'm a fan of, I guess you could say. I'm going to start at 7,400 with Scott Stallings. Again, he did really well last week. I am I am pro Scott Stallings. Again, he's got the distance. He's been playing well. I think at 7,400, he is worth the, if you want to call it a flyer, you can call it a flyer. But on, on the bottom of the lineups, I think he's a great option to definitely throw in. Um, the other guy I'll mention down here is Adam Scott at 6,600. His last six finishes are T14, T15, T37. He did bad at Wyndham. He was T76, but then T5 and T5. So he's coming on strong here to finish, and he's played East Lake a few times, needless to say. So I think he's a great choice at 6,600. The last guy I will say is Aaron Wise at 5,400. Mm-hmm. He's, he's low, but if you need to scrape the bottom of the barrel to really – overload on the top with potentially a couple of winners this is the guy to do it i mean jack mentioned earlier sam burns is the model of consistency this guy is the model of consistency i mean t23 t27 t34 t13 t31 t15 two miscut you know like he's 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 consistent he's gonna do well for you yeah so i'd rather go for a guy that's consistent at 5400 and top load as opposed to a guy that's 9,500. Yeah. Consistent option. So I 100% agree. Weirdly enough, I have some different names than you. Okay. So, first off, Colin Morikawa has never been this cheap. And the reason I say that, if you take away his 10, which is crazy to think about, he had a 10. Yep. You t- say you give him a five, you take five shots off, he automatically jumps up like 30 spots. Like it's crazy how much that cost him. This is a value pick. Um, I think Sepp Straka might be the most overlooked guy in the entire East Lake field. And here's why I say this. He is starting at minus four, which is ninth in, you know, the standing. So starting at four shots, you know, with his value at 7,200, if you're playing daily fantasy sports in terms of that, that's huge. Now I'm not saying he's going to win. Don't get me wrong. But if he's starting four shots ahead at this price. We have a little recency bias, though, on Seb Straka because he was two at the FedEx in St. Jude and then T28 BMW. You got to remember, prior to the start of the playoffs, he had missed like seven straight cuts. I'm just saying for value. piss poor. I agree for value. I'm just worried that, like, again, he, he can finish last place this week, and I don't think anybody would be shocked. Like that yeah, would not, no. not be surprising. Yeah, I'm just saying for strictly value purposes, starting at four under at this price, because you look at the other guys that are four under, Rory, Finau, and Sung JM, this guy is six, seven thousand cheaper than those guys. It's only for value. I'm not saying he's gonna win. I'm just saying only for value. And then the last guy, because I was gonna say Aaron Wise, um, Billy Horschel, because he's won here. He's cheap, he hasn't been playing his best golf. I agree. Um, he's one year. And then JT Poston, model of consistency the last month of golf, 11, 21, 20, 35. He's a guy that can come out here without shots and win it. 
Um, obviously starting that far behind, there's no shot, but um, that's another guy. But I, I think those two guys are really good. And then Brian Harmon always shows up in these events randomly. He's always going to be on the leaderboard, but he's what? Nine shots back. If not 10, yeah, he's uh, nine. nine, you won't see him, but this is another guy that you might see sneaking up. Seb Straka could be the stone minimum price in my mind, and I still wouldn't throw him in my lineup. I'm sorry. I just I just can't do it personally. I'm not saying I'm throwing him in. I'm just saying purely for value. I, I get it. I just I, I don't I hate the fact that with Seb Straka, it's it's he sucks every week. And then there's like one or two weeks where he's like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna throw in a T second. Oh yeah, I'm gonna go win this thing, or oh yeah, I'm gonna go, you know, top five. Like this, this dude's made tour championship by finishing T like in the top five in about four or five events this year. Oh yeah. Uh, and I just hate it. Cause well, I, hate also the, I hate the fact won. that it away. anyway, but I think that those are the guys. Um, I don't know if you're ready. I'm ready to get in the lineups. Cause I, mean, I got some stupid ones. I think this is the only week in the world that we'll have no idea how this plays out. Uh, I will just say right off the bat, if if you are struggling at all this week to come up with lineups or bets, do not feel the need to yeah. to push on it because there are only 30 golfers. So this is going to be a tough week for everybody. I would highly recommend probably not blowing all of your money on this. No. If anything, save it up for the President's Cup. Bet the USA side. I think they're minus like 330 right now. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm, I mean, I am big on the USA side for, yeah. for the President's I'm, Cup. I'm a gambler. I won't put it out there. Oh, really? I, I struggled to get five bets. So please, like when you do your lineups, this is not the week, much like the Masters, where you're comfortable dropping three or four digits. I, I, I This is the week, 30 golfers. There's so many variables, including shots. If you got to double up and you just put a buck in there and you want to have some fun, this is the week to do it. Don't feel bad. Um, with that being said, it's <laughs> fan duel. Or, uh, I'm starting DraftKings. Start DraftKings, yeah. 12-3, Xander Shoffley. Um, 10-8, Rory McIlroy. 9-1, Sung J.M. 6-9, Billy Horschel. 5-4, Aaron Wise. 5-1, J.T. Poston. Whoa. Yeah, listen. <laughs> okay. I thought I was top heavy on DraftKings. Okay. Don't get me started. Whoa. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, we're, I have a few few overlapping names, but not that many. I think I think just Rory. Uh, for DraftKings, I am starting. Uh, all right. This is this is health dependent, everybody. But I am starting with Willie Z at eleven five. I am going to Rory McIlroy at ten eight. I'm going Corey Connors at eight thousand. I'm going Scott Stallings at seven four. I'm going Adam Scott at six six. And I'm going Aaron Wise at five four. I do have three hundred dollars left over. If Willie Z shows any sign of not full health, I am switching off him and moving up. Just letting you guys know for next week. I mean, if I see one Twitter blur pop up where it's Willie Z's not at one hundred percent, I am switching off of that. So wow. please be advised. Well, let me get into my Fanduel one, which might kill you off your recliner no. you might fall off um oh hold on scotty scheffler 12-9 patrick cantley 12-7 <laughs> xander shoffley 12-4 billy horschel 7-8 jt poston 7 and kh lee 7 i want the three big guys one of them's gonna win 
Uh, good luck, have fun. I guess I I don't uh, I could never do that lineup, but that's that's why. Oh, hey hey, that's I'm the king of never doing that lineup, but I don't know. All right, I went a little more balanced. I started on uh, with Xander Shoffley at twelve four. I got Roy McElroy at twelve one. I got Sung J M at ten six. Corey Connors at nine thousand. Adam Scott at eight one. Aaron Wise at seven six. So those yeah, are my. I like your, your lineup's a lot safer than mine. Yeah, my lineup's <laughs> a little, little safe. You know, I'm just kind of hanging out. And again, if I really wanted to, I could probably swap out one of these guys for somebody that does a little bit more value. I think that all these guys are a little chalky um, in terms of they're going to be highly owned. But I you just kind of sometimes you got to eat the chalk and you can't overthink it. This is the one week where we have le- less, maybe not confidence is the right word, but less to go on. Yeah. 30 players shot advantage there's no way to tell versus you know a fair start so um i don't know if you want to get right into bets right off this yeah we can do that um you just want me to start with my three yeah go for it all right so all three of my bets are they're bets without starting strokes so i'm just looking at guys that are going to do well without the boost or the handicap however Mm -hmm. you want to determine it um i'm doing sung jm top 10 at plus 120. I'm doing Will Zalatoris top 10 at plus 120. And I'm doing Xander Shoffley top 10 at minus 180. I know that one's kind of a heavier baseline, but I think my Will Zalatoris love kind of overlaps in the last Yeah. Because one is super risky and one's kind of safe. That's awesome. Um, I'll go with mine. You thought you had a minus. I have two minus 200s. Like, I oh, was struggling. Right. I'm fine. I'm good. Yeah. Don't, don't worry about me. So... <laughs> Rory top five without shots is plus 160. I think that he gets in his East Lake feels. He's going off. Um, Xander top five with shots is minus 115, which I thought was crazy odds. Um, first round leader with shots, Scotty Scheffler minus 105. I think if he shoots three under par, the next guy has to shoot five to tie six to win. I think that that's pretty good odds for a guy leading by two already. Um, can't lay top five with shots is minus 200. He's Mr. Consistent. I think at the day he's going to be there. And then Scotty Shuffler, Patrick Cantley, or Xander Shoffley winning is minus 200. Those guys are starting off with a huge advantage. I don't think it's – those are obviously stupid odds at minus 200, but the advantage they have to start just outweighs it, so I think that's a good place to be. That's that's fair. I mean, some of them make sense. Some of them I don't want to have them, but I could see them happening. Uh, that's I don't the hard part lot. about gambling. I don't have a lot of action on Scotty Scheffler this week, which is terrifying to think about because he is the guy that's automatically starting at the top. Mm-hmm. Um, so that could be kind of shitty if he if he starts playing really well. Yeah. Um, do you want to go winners or wild picks? You won a wild pick last last week. So yeah, let's do it. Start there. All right, you ready for the two most boring wildcard picks of all time? Mine are not boring. <laughs> yeah. but, oh, I no saw point. one. Is you're stealing my winner's theory. But um, first-round leader with shots and winning, Scotty Scheffler plus 300, Patrick yeah. Cantlay plus 550. I think one of those two guys is just going to personally win. If Scotty does what he's supposed to do, it'll be a cakewalk. If not, I think Patrick Cantlay steals the show, but – one of those two might lead after run one. 
and win. So we'll see. Well, it's funny because you, t- you you joke about the, how earlier on in the episode I said there were only six guys that had a chance. You've only like you've only really loved five of the six guys I have on. Well, my no, list. no, no. I would I'm say that statistically, I think that the ten guys or whatever that are that close have a ninety-eight percent chance, better odds of winning. But I'm not counting up three under and the two under, well, mostly the three under slot. Let me just tell you my list. That way you can you can. Give me a shit. Alrighty. Scheffler, Cantley, Zalatoris, Shoffley, Rory McLeroy, Tony Fino. Yes, those are the all six. Right. I think oh. that's all. I think that's it. That's all it's got. Those are the only guys that stand a chance. I think if anybody starts at three under, they have a shot, but I'm saying that the four under has a lesser chance, but more of a chance. But five under, so Scheffler, Cantley, Zalatoris, Shoffley, and Burns have a 80% better chance to win. But I'm saying I'm not counting out those guys. Well, that'll lead into my wild picks. I have Will Zalatoris as the winner with with uh, uh, with starting strokes at plus one thousand, and then I have Cam Smith top five with starting strokes at plus three hundred. So I like it. Both of them a little out there, but and then who are we doing for winners? What do we got? <sighs> Can't lie. Okay, can't lay. Yeah, well, you'll make fun of me if I don't do a, a lesser pick. So I went Sung JM. I think this guy is so good. I think if I remember correctly, I, I didn't look this up, so I could be way off here, but I think he had a tremendous week last year at Eastlake. Uh, Sung J? Yeah. Yeah, he finished top 10. He was great. Yeah, that's what I thought. So I think he could sneak out of it, but I think can't lay. Uh, he's the guy, I think. Or, I mean, listen, here's the thing, though. With that being said, he has to overcome two shots over Shoffley, uh, excuse me, um, over Scheffler. If Scheffler shoots, we'll call it eight under, then Cantley has to shoot 10, which obviously is simple math to tie, but 11 to win. I think if Scheffler just plays boring golf, like super boring golf, goes two under each round, I think he wins it. I, I disagree. There's too many guys that can go low. I think if, if, I'm not if saying he can't go low, but I'm just saying the to overcome. So, but say, if he shoots two under every round, he's not winning it, in my opinion. At 18 under, you're talking about then Patrick Cantlay has to go 10 under, Zalatoris has to go 11 under, Shoffley 12 under. I, and so I think just of the like five guys underneath it, I think some of them are going to be able to push push that 10, 11, 12 under to, to really get up there. with Yeah. I'm just saying two under a round. He has the opportunity at 50% chance to win it. If he does two under a round. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, you didn't pick Scotty, you picked Cantlay. So so we're going to see how that works out for you. No, that's I was just prefacing that Cantlay. The reason I chose him over was because of how he's playing. Scheffler makes the most sense, but I think it's Cantlay's week. I am. I am going long shot winners as and as well as long shot winners i can do i am doing low tier guys that i think have a chance to win and this is some of my ballsier winner picks i've probably done especially with a staggered start like this i got rory McElroy, and tony fino again i mean they're a little lower they're at what four under i think to start off a piece yeah rory's four and fino is four so they, they're starting off a little bit lower, but I am trusting in the fact of Rory loving Eastlake the way he talks about loving Eastlake and Tony Finau being 
hotter than a sorority girl walking around a college campus. Like it's, it's just, it's, that's all you can hope for. It's just, uh, I, I, I think Scotty is a boring pick. I think I want to go Willie Z, but I already have him as a winner. So it doesn't really matter. Uh, but I, I want to see, I want to see chaos this week at, at East Lake. So I want to see somebody come from nowhere and win. And I think Rory and Tony seem to have the best to come from the pack. Don, I like it. Yeah. I think it'll be definitely interesting. I just think that to, to continue on that, it's just the fact that Scheffler's starting so much better than a lot of other guys. He's not going to play to shoot 65, 65, 65, 65. He can't. What if, what if his putter sucks, though? Because he has not been that good of a putter recently. Well, that's why I'm saying. If he shoots two under a round. But that's that puts good him... for him, considering how bad his putter has been. That's what well, I'm saying. I'm just saying, that puts him at 18 under for the week, which is a great number. Like, just if he's playing bad, like you had said, and he shoots two under a week, that's 18 under. Those guys got to shoot 14 under at a time at four under. That's what I'm saying is he statistically has such good odds um, that I think he's if I went Scotty, you'd call me out, but no, I, uh, I, you can take Scotty. I just think it's a boring pick. And that's I, actually what, yeah, don't, exactly. I don't, I don't think he's going to play as well as you think. I think Scotty Scheffler is going to struggle a little bit more than people realize on this course. Personally. We shall see. I, Who knows? Personal opinion. All right. We're going to, we're going to call it there. I have these awards on my screen. We are going to save them for next week. Yep, we'll talk uh, about that. Rookie, rookie of the year, year, underrated players, so forth. There, there's, there's a few. I mean, we could go over like Jack's favorite player, but that's not really a question. Um, but we, we will. I will come with a list of categories and then go through and look up some of these stats and make sure that you know, cross my T's, dot my eyes. Yeah, sure re- do a little recap right. of the season. What to expect next year? Um, you know, the categories like you're saying. We'll do rookie of the year, who we think player of the year, uh, other categories like that. It'll be a fun episode, a little bit different. Make sure to tune in. Also, one thing to think about, too, the guys from the Corn Ferry Tour just played yesterday to, to determine who's going to come up. Could be worth doing a little bit of research between Jack and I. We'll, we'll cross that bridge. Actually, Jack knows them all. Who am I kidding? Yeah. Uh, so maybe Jack can talk about some of the highlights of the guys he's looking for. Sorry about talking to the USAM, because if you watch the USAM, if you didn't, Go watch that. That was stupid golf. That was so freaking awesome to watch. I hate people that don't watch the USM because they're I, idiots. I apologize. I'm spacing out his name. The man with the most legendary club Bennett? coils of all time, Bennett. Absolutely. Well, he lets go of the club. It's dumb. He goes, eh, and he lets go. You're supposed to hold on. It is the most exaggerated, amazing thing I've ever seen, though. If you if you don't, we'll go back and watch it. You There are clips out there of him just club twirling and – I think the club goes around in his hands like seven times with the yeah. amount of flick of the wrist he does on it. It is impeccable. So just go through and watch. It's Sam Bennett, right? Uh, I don't know the first name, to be honest. I... All right, well, just look up Bennett, U.S. Amateur, and you can just see his, his, like, him flick the club as he, as he goes through on his follow-through. The thing is majestic. I highly recommend taking a look at it. It is entertaining as all hell. And yeah. it, now that he's, he's coming up the tour, right? Uh, he's got exemption to the masters, the open and the, uh, us open, I think. Yeah. He's at North Carolina, I think, but, um, like corn Ferry tour, like previous players, like young hung on those guys are coming back like corn Ferry, There's some guys out there. Like, so we'll save it all for next week, I guess is is what I'm saying. We'll go over the winner of, of the, uh, PGA tour championship 
And uh, then we'll go through and we'll talk Corn Fairy Tour. We'll get into some of these awards, things like that. But plus, that, plus, plus. this was a great year, man. Thank you. Thank you for joining me on this. This is a crazy idea. that's turned into <laughs> something super fun that we get to do. Thank you for tuning in and sticking with us. Um, one final week, then we'll recap it all. We'll recap it, and then we got President's Cup, and then in the fall swing, and then we're getting back into it here. We're just gonna have a couple weeks of vacay. Uh, Jack, don't have, don't have too many drinks out on the beach, all right? Don't, no you, promises. You gotta, you no promises. Get all prepped up. So, all right, guys, thank you so much. Let's go out there. Let's win some money this week. Have a good one.